Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. Each of these messages were given by various faculty, staff, and friends of Emmaus Bible College. To view each series as a whole or for more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. We're looking at Joshua chapter 2. Last time we ended by looking at the question of uh, whether or not Rahab's action in lying to the king of Jericho was justified. Uh, And I just want to revisit this as we get started uh, this session. So the issue at hand is Rahab repeatedly lies to the king of Jericho who asks her uh, where the two spies are at and what they've done. Uh, She tells him that she doesn't know who they were, didn't know who they were, doesn't know where they went, and she thinks that they went out of the city, out of the gate. They should pursue him, them and possibly find them. Uh, and so she deceives the king of Jericho and leads him astray. Uh, last time we commented that uh, her lie is not presented uh, as being justified either in Joshua chapter 2 here or in the book of Hebrews. And we'll look at the Hebrews passage in just a moment. Um, she did not need to lie in order to save the lives of the men. Uh, God could have done that in a miraculous way if he had seen fit. He could have given them supernatural abilities to fight back against the king of Jericho and his men, or he could have even used the death of these two spies as a way to sort of instigate and provoke the Israelites even further. So it was not... Uh, necessary, I don't think we can say it's necessary that Rahab had to lie to the king of Jericho. She certainly may have felt as if she needed to lie, and I'm sure it was everything that she had ever known. She was a uh, pagan Jerichoian individual uh, who worshipped many gods and not necessarily uh, just one god or the god of the Bible or anything like that at this point. Um, The author of Hebrews, sometimes it's argued, well, she is said to have great faith. So it must have been her faith that led her to lie to the king. uh, And that's what she's uh, condoned for or appreciated for in the book of Hebrews. But if we read the verse carefully, the author of Hebrews does not condone her lie either, only the faith that she has. Hebrews 11 verse 31, by faith... The Rahab the harlot did not perish along those who were with those who were disobedient after she had welcomed the spies in peace. So what is important in this verse is that her faith allowed her to welcome the spies, not negatively that she lied about what happened to the spies. That's not what's being condoned here, but her faith was what allowed her to welcome these men from a foreign country. But this passage does not explicitly condone her lying to the king of Jericho or hiding the spies from the men. So I think what we can learn from this is we need to be upright in our actions and honest in our speech, trusting that this is what God desires most from us, uh, to be faithful. Uh, Rahab, uh, I think, did not do the right thing in lying to the king of Jericho, but she did do the right thing in welcoming the spies 
and attempting to help them. So there's a difference there, and we need to parse that very carefully. In verses 8 through 14, we now have this secret late-night meeting between Rahab and the two spies, and we understand now why, after reading these verses, why Rahab would have stuck her neck out for these two men from a foreign nation. So we're going to read these verses together. Uh, starting in verse 8, Now before they lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you the land, and that the terror of you has fallen on us, and that all the inhabitants of the land have melted away before you. Wow, what a statement! This is the statement of a polytheistic Canaanite who's saying, I know the Lord has given you our land and all the hearts of the people are melting away before you. Verse 10, For we have heard, this is, this is her reasoning why now, For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan, to Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. Now, I want to take a moment to take us back to Numbers chapter 21, because this is a passage of Scripture that is maybe not as commonly known, but is very important to being able to understand what takes place in the book of Joshua here. Uh, two individuals named Sihon and Og. So in Numbers chapter 21, uh, we have in verse 21 and following two victories that the Israelites uh, are accomplish uh, at the Lord's hand, through the Lord's power. So I'm just going to read a few selected verses in here. Verse 21, Then the Lord sent messengers to Sihon, king of the Amorites. This is across the Jordan River on the eastern side of the Jordan River. Uh, and they say in verse 22, let me pass through your land. We will not turn off into field or vineyard. We will not drink water from the wells. We will go by the king's highway until we have passed through your border. So the Israelites are being very reasonable here. They're simply saying, we don't want your land. We don't have a, a beef with you. Just let us pass through. In verse 23, but Sihon would, neither, would not permit Israel to pass through his border. So Sihon gathered all his people and went out against Israel in the wilderness and came to Jahaz and fought against Israel. So this is the, the major king of the Amorites. What you need to understand is this king Sihon was not only operating on the eastern side of the Jordan River. He had taken a lot of the land of Moab and the territory across the Jordan River, but he also had troops and cities and territory in the hill country in Canaan. So this is a major ruler, and now he's coming out uh, to battle Israel, who simply wanted to pass through this territory before they entered into the land of Canaan. Uh, and then verse 24, Then Israel struck him with the edge of the sword and took possession of his land from the Arnon to the Jabbok as far as the sons of Ammon, for the border of the sons of Ammon was uh, Jazer. 
So, and it records all of the territories that uh, uh, Sihon possessed, uh, and it was all taken over at this time by the people of Israel, and his territories uh, to the western side of the Jordan River would have continued to, uh, you know, remain uh, city by city, would have controlled uh, each of these individual cities. But Sihon is a major player in uh, the battle for the land of Canaan. Then, at the end of Numbers chapter 21, in verse 33, then they turned and went up by the way of Bashan. This is actually almost uh, up to the way of uh, to the Sea of Galilee on the eastern side of the Jordan River and the Sea of Galilee. And Og, the king of Bashan, went out with all his people for battle at Adri. But the Lord said to Moses, Do not fear him, for I have given him into your hand and all his people and his land, and you shall do to him as you did to Sion, king of the Amorites, who lived at Heshbon. So they killed him and his sons and all his people until there was no remnant left him, and they possessed his land. These two battles that Moses led the people through on the eastern side of the Jordan River, conquering Sion, the king of the Amorites, and Og, the king of Bashan, made a huge impression on people in the land of Canaan, which is recorded by Rahab when she talks to these men here in Joshua chapter 2. Again, she says, we have heard how the Lord, first of all, dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt. Okay, we heard about that miracle. Even though that was 38 years ago, the, the whole reputation of the Lord went before them. And she says, what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan, to Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. They were not just wimps. They were important rulers, and the people of Israel destroyed them. Verse 11, And when we heard it, our hearts melted away, and no courage remained in any man any longer because of you. For the Lord your God, now listen to her confession here, the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. That is a huge confession from a pagan polytheistic uh, individual in the city of Jericho. What she is essentially saying here is, your God is God. And any other so-called God doesn't measure up. Verse 12, Now therefore, please swear to me by the Lord, since I have dealt kindly with you, that you also will deal kindly with my father's household, and give me a pledge of truth, and spare my father and my mother and my brothers and sisters and all who belong to them, and deliver our lives from death. This is why she helped the spies. She heard about the reputation of Israel. She realized that the God of Israel was giving her land to Israel. No one would be able to stand up against them. And so she is willing to stick her neck out because she realizes they're all going to be dead anyway. So she might as well come to these people and attempt to help them in order to preserve her life. Verse 14, so the men said to her, 
our life for yours, if you do not tell this business of ours, and it shall come about when the Lord gives us the land that we will deal kindly and faithfully with you. So they make a promise, a commitment to this woman if she will uh, not tell on them and keep them hidden, uh, then they will deal kindly and faithfully with her uh, as well. So a couple important things here. Uh, Rahab's faith is based on what she heard about the Lord. It's certainly about the signs that were performed, the parting of the Red Sea and the crossing by the people of Israel, and then the miraculous conquest of uh, Israel conquering the territory of the Amorites, Sihon and Og, and utterly destroying them. And their hearts, the hearts of all the people in Canaan, melting away because of the people of Israel. And it seemed to the Canaanites uh, that the Israelites were powerful and that the God who was leading them uh, was indeed powerful and in, about to enact judgment on them. Uh, I think we can learn a lesson from this. Salvation today happens in a very similar way. A person will hear about their sinful condition and the punishment that sin demands. God offers a way of escape through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. If a person believes in Jesus, they are saved from sin, saved from punishment, saved from judgment, and given life, eternal life. Rahab uh, went to, believing what she had heard about the Lord, went to these spies and attempted to preserve her life and the life of her family and her household. And so much in the same way, today, if you realize that you are a sinner, that you've done things that have offended a holy God, you can call out to the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, he will forgive you and cleanse you simply by putting your faith and trust in him and give you real, true, and eternal life. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit emmaus.edu partner.